0: Welcome to today's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have uh wrestler, deathmatch wrestler, the mayor of Poundtown himself, <laughs> yeah. Gigi Jacobs. Gigi, tell us about yourself, sir.
1: Oh, well, like you said, I'm the mayor of Poundtown. Uh, I do, I'm breaking into deathmatches, but... You know, I was uh, trained by Cody Hawk. I'm based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, I've only been doing it for like two years. So, yeah, that's just me in a nutshell. I'm the queer Billy of Poundtown, USA. There
0: you go. It's fun because I met you through through Maddie, and uh, you're, you're... I love Brent. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a super dude, super cool dude. I've known him for a few years. I don't get to hang out with him as much as I used to, but work schedules and stuff like that. But we yeah. still try to get up to see wrestling and we try to hang out sporadically. So, yeah, he's the one that talked to me. He's like, man, he goes, you want to go up to GCW in Detroit? And I was like, I don't know, man. He goes, he goes I got the tickets. I'll take, and then we met you.
1: So- oh, yeah, no. Um, so Brent has been a huge supporter of me. Even before I started wrestling, uh, so when I was, like, training and doing cameraman work and shit, uh, I made shirts, bootleg shirts, uh, like uh, these Bull Nakano and these Aja Kong shirts. Um, I've made a Macho Man shirt. I'm actually wearing it right now, but also, like, a Tope Suicida. They're just, like, wrestling shirts I would want to wear. So, like I put them out, and Brent bought like as soon as I started putting them out, he, he followed me on Twitter and like was supporting me and uh, I actually met him for the first time at that g c w event, oh, and I was just like, "Holy shit <laughs> so that was that was wild, and
0: yeah, every time I see him now, I'm just like, "This' is my day one." <laughs> He, he he's like, yeah, you gotta meet this guy, and he told me about his shirt. He he comes in the shop sometimes. He was wearing a Bull Nakano shirt. And he's like, yeah, this is one of the shirts he made. I'm like,
1: yeah, oh, that's awesome. So uh, I, I, someone, uh, someone sent me a photo of Matt Tremont wearing it in one of his matches, and I'm like, hell yeah! And then uh, Malcolm Monroe the Third, MM3, he wears uh, My Aja Kong shirt pretty often in his death matches. So, so it's just cool to see.
0: How did you get into to making this, the the t shirts?
1: Uh, I've always uh, I've always wanted to make shirts, and uh, like the all the wrestling shirts I own are like they're not from pro wrestling tees or uh, WWE shop. They're these like n- weird independent brands that put out their own shit. And, like, one of them is stash pages. Uh, My cat is just bugging me.
0: Uh, <laughs> I had to run my dogs off because they got to go upstairs when I film. Because if I, if I don't, they will not leave me alone the entire episode yeah. that I'm recording.
1: Well, this one might as well be a dog. Her name's Iggy Pop.
0: Iggy Pop. Jesus.
1: But, uh, <laughs> now, um, what, what was I
0: saying? Where you got okay. the t-shirts
1: at? We're, we're... Oh, yeah. Um, Stash Pages is, like, a company I get a bunch of shirts from. Uh, this guy, Matt Bivin. They're just, like, independent people that put out, like, either replicas of old, like, merch that you would have gotten in the 90s, or like, new stuff, but I don't know, I saw, like, them doing it, and I'm like, well, I have ideas. So, like, I just kind of put, you know, pen to paper, ink to shirt, and uh, put out my own shirts. I actually have some designs that I want to put out again. I'm going to reissue uh, the Bold Nakano and Aja Kong shirts, just different colorways. And, like, I have a Dirty Dutch Mantel shirt. That I want to put out, but I just don't know how well that will do. It's a pretty niche kind yeah, of thing.
0: There's like hand a handful of people that remember Dirty Dutch Mantel. Everybody knows Zeb Coulter, but they know yeah. they'd be like, Who the hell is this? Like, what? what is that?
1: But, you know, maybe I'll just throw it up, uh, like on my Brain Buster tees or something <laughs> as just like some random shirt. But. It, it's just something I liked doing. Uh, kind of fell out of it just, like, with wrestling kind of taking over and, like, traveling every weekend. But there are a couple, like, uh, the brand was called Dangerously Divine Apparel. I'm a big John Waters and Divine fan. Yeah. And so I want to take, like, these classic black-and-white photos of, like, wrestlers and Divine them. Uh, where I put the divine makeup and wig and everything on, do just a whole series of that. But
0: there, there there's so many good old school t shirts that just don't exist anymore. And mm-hmm. you know, like the you know, you got the Poundtown t shirt that looks like the Bad Street USA. Yep, shirt. that's a classic. I love that shirt. Well, like, <laughs> like I mean.
1: The reason I even did that was like it just made sense like Poundtown USA. Oh, like Bad Street USA. Cool. Michael PSA is the fabulous freebirds. They were fucking rad. Like they sold they sold they pushed merch. And everyone loved their Bad Street USA shirts. Everyone wanted one. So I was just like, I'm taking it. <laughs> Poundtown USA.
0: Oh yeah. Hell yeah.
1: Like uh I was at uh flop house, this was like a year or so ago, but these people didn't even really stay for the show. Like I did a little pre-show match and then I was on the main card in a scramble. But these people were just standing outside the it's like a brewery, um, and they saw my little match and Heard the Pound Town, saw the Pound Town shirt. They all ended up buying shirts. They're like, ah, we don't even really like wrestling, but this Pound Town, like, this is amazing. And I'm like,
0: I know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're so good. And they they, you know, for for you know, lack of a better term, knockoffs, they're they're pretty high quality and they look really good. I mean, Maddie wears yeah. the um it's the one he was wearing the last time he was in. Um, well, it looks it looks like a, a, a an old school throwback shirt of like a like a Starcade shirt or something. I thought I think that's the one you did. I'm not 100, percent but oh, am, am oh, Is it Rick shirt. Rude on the front? No, that wasn't me. That wasn't you. Okay, no. but no, he he wears his uh. Some of the other one, like I said, he wears his Bull Nakano shirt, his Aja Kong shirt. What, well, um,
1: Nick Manwa, he always wears his, uh, my shirts. Like, uh, it seems like whenever I see him, he's always wearing one of my shirts and I'm just like, <laughs> ah, thank you. Like he was saying the other day, the last time I saw him, he was wearing this one shirt where it's like purple and it's a graphic tee, but, uh. He's like, yeah, usually I just wear this around the house because it's so soft. He's like, it's just such a soft shirt. It's comfortable. But he's like, it really fit this fit. So I decided to wear it today. And I was like, well, it makes me happy that it's so comfortable. I think I'm doing something right.
0: Heck yeah. yeah. No, have, have you ever gotten like a cease and desist or anything on any of those? No. Or you just do a small enough batch that don't give a shit?
1: I haven't, like, uh, a lot of them. So, when I was doing them, I wasn't doing them as pre-orders. So, I got, like, 50 at a time. And then, like, once all 50 sold out, that was it. So, like, yeah. These shirts, there's only 50 of each in existence. So I've sold one to one of each of those shirts like across the world so it's pretty
0: cool heck yeah oh yeah now so how old were you when you got into wrestling
1: like so like i've always been a fan of it uh probably like 98 is when i got into it i was born 93 um I just remember seeing Macho Man with Gorgeous George on television and falling in love with it. Uh, I remember watching, like, Owen and Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman in the Lyondons matches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, those were very, very cool to me. Um, but yeah, I've always wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, my mom, like, got me when I was in kindergarten or something, uh, how to be a wrestler for dummies. And, like, I would always, like, read it, look at it, all that jazz. But um, I actually didn't start training or doing anything, like, involved with the business until I moved out to Cincinnati in 2016. And I think it was, like, I want to say 2017, 2018, I signed up with uh, NWF. And, uh, I was there for a month and a half and I broke my shoulder. Uh, then depression, uh, quarantine, uh, and towards the end of quarantine, I was like, you know what? I don't want to get old and not be like, uh, did I try, you know? So I looked it up, uh, found Cody Hawk and, uh, Went back and started training and got into the business when I was 28. And so, yeah, I've just always been a fan, though. Like, just, uh, I've always kept up with it. I've had the WWE Network when it came out. I've always been a fan of deathmatch wrestling, like, uh, early, mid-2000s. I remember I would always watch on YouTube CZW deathmatches, like, just random ones. And I was a big fan of like wife beater, Toby Klein, and like uh people like that, just like these brutes that would oh, almost smash you with a bunch of shit. <laughs> like
0: Yeah, wrestling. Wrestling. Rass- <laughs> See, I got I got into deathmatch wrestling early because I'm I'm old and and uh we were tape trading back in the day. And I remember getting the King of the Death matches over there in Japan with the uh um Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, yeah. Oh, this is, then then somebody goes, "Have you found FMW?" I'm like, "What's FMW?" Well, here you go. And then I, was, I watched, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recorded it, and then I made a copy for a friend, and then a copy for a friend, and then you know, like twenty generations later, people are looking at fuzzy versions of a copy.
1: Well, like uh, it's funny. I actually uh, the shirt I'm going to switch into after uh, training tonight is an FMW shirt. I'm a huge mm-hmm. FMW fan. Huge, yeah. huge. Uh, but, and so, like, 2024 is, like, the year I really want to, like, do more death matches, and I've talked to companies, certain companies that do death matches, so 2024, I'm expecting to do quite a few more. Uh, I already know of a couple matches I'm supposed to be having. I'm not going to say anything yet, just because no.
0: yeah,
1: it's too early. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm it's why I got into wrestling.
0: Like uh it's why I wanted to do it. See, so many people get into deathmatch wrestling and then hope that they can go into regular wrestling. You're going from regular wrestling into deathmatch wrestling the other yeah, way. Yeah, no. Uh
1: like I love just like like right now I have playing on my TV uh what is this? This is WCCW, just some random episode, and the Freebirds are beating the shit out of uh, one of the Von Erics. But uh, I just. I don't know. I love wrestling. I love storytelling. Uh, that, that's why I like it. I like. Uh, I think death matches, there can definitely be stories told, and there can be a lot of fun to be had there. And I don't know. I just. I Remington Roar, you know who he is. So yeah, yeah. um I met him early on uh in working shows and whatnot. And I asked him, I was like, What would you recommend? Like when should one get into death matches? And uh him, Hoodfoot, Schwartzy, Randy West, they were all like have at least bare minimum. 2 years of wrestling and like you're not just drizzling shit's like you're actually wrestling and getting better and I was like okay cool uh i didn't wait quite 2 years but i have yet to do a death match in a ring um so hopefully that changes in 2024 i don't mind doing no ring matches i think they're a lot of fun uh it's more of a spectacle i feel um i've had uh cops actually come in and apparently we brawled outside and like i just have joey knots in an arm bar and i'm yelling at him to the point where spits coming out my mouth blood is pouring all over the sidewalk on the outside Tony Garricks is brawling with the Carver, and the Carver looks like something out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Tony just looks like a giant drunk man. <laughs> like, cops are sitting right there. They're like, holy fuck. What is this?
0: Well, it was like the first time we went up to uh, um, uh, Rust Belt Pro up there in Monroe Matty was telling me he's like he goes watch this guy right here he goes he he'll he'll definitely get blood on you and it was Satu and did ah. he say that and I looked down and I got blood on my pants I'm like how oh, the fuck did <laughs> this-
1: <laughs> it's funny uh, the last death match I had was against Hardcore uh, I, you guys were there yeah uh, yeah that that was a wild match well <laughs> but uh, the uh, uh,
0: the worst part into that what? though I got I got end up getting oh I can't remember who got thrown in my lap but literally like my right leg is soaked through with blood Jesus and Christ. We, we still got to drive back to Ohio and we had already stopped at the dispensary on the way up there so and this is before it got legalized in Ohio and I'm sitting there going I'm going to jail tonight in Madison <laughs> what I mean he's like he's like yeah probably he's we get pulled <laughs> up <this>. <laughs> it's <laughs> like why are you covered in somebody else's blood why is there drugs in the trunk what, What's <laughs> what
1: would you do this is oh, a don't
0: worry it's not mine that doesn't <laughs>
1: <help>. <laughs> no uh that that night uh at true wrestling underground i had that match with hardcore and afterwards i had a giant gash yeah in, i uh, see
0: that my arm cut wide open yeah
1: No, I I lost quite a bit of blood from that, and it wasn't until, like, the adrenaline wore off, and I was outside, and Randy West was bandaging my arm, and all of a sudden, like, I got real woozy. I lost vision, and I just put my hand out, and I'm like, hold me, and it's sad, too, there, and he does nothing. He just, like, grabs my hand and guides me to sitting down. And Randy like cussed him out and everything, but now it's a little running joke between me and Satu, where I'll see him or I'll say something to him on social media and just say "Hold me," and just we'll both laugh. So, uh, who
0: who who is your idol? Who 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 got you? Oh, Mick it? Foley. Mick Foley.
1: Mick Foley is my all time favorite. Him and Terry Funk. Those those are my. Two all-time favorites.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that's like,
1: two, two really good favorites right there. I mean, uh, I do spinning toe holds. I do uh, double-arm DDTs. I've done the whole bang-bang elbow drop in my matches. But, yeah, no. Like, they were just characters. Characters that, like, they weren't per se the greatest wrestlers wrestlers like technically yeah they aren't but they told great stories and were great characters they made
0: you believe oh yeah T- terry funk i mean yes he retired like 80 times but yeah you you That's awesome though. You, you got behind him in everything. You know and it's funny going back and watching some of these old old episodes where he was the villain Or he's the heel, you know? And you're just like... I can't see him as the heel now. Because he's always been Terry (laughs) the 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 icon. The the hardcore icon. Because we've
1: seen too much behind the curtain of Terry. Like, we know he's a sweetheart. Like, now... Oh, like, back then, if you were watching him, yeah, he's calling everyone egg-sucking dogs. Yep. Like, uh, I actually had a tag match with these two Texans recently, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to make fun of them for being from Texas, but I'm also going to pay tribute to one of the greatest Texans of all time. So, like, we're making fun of, like, can they read? Like, are you smart enough to read, you dumb Texans? And we're like, can you read this? And I turn around, and on the back of my shirt, it says, Cold World sucks eggs. So it was a fun little souvenir. I sold the shirt that night, but yeah, no, I love Terry, Mick Foley, and Terry Funk. Like, if I can pay tribute to them, I usually do in a match. Like, they're my go-to's.
0: No, no. And PSAs. I love PSAs. I love Freebirds. I love Freebirds. I, I there there was an interview uh, I think with Undertaker, and he gave like the top five tag teams of all time. And I'm just like, the hell are the free birds, man?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Terry Gordy, Jimmy Garvin, and uh PSAs. That's my favorite combination of the
0: free birds. Oh yeah. Uh, well it, they were they were uh, what was it? I can't remember who replaced uh oh Buddy Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. But I was sitting there trying to think of that and I had to um So do you have any, since you've only been in the business for a couple of years, do you got anybody who's like your, um, I guess your go-to person that you you go to for info or uh, like, you know, advice? Uh,
1: So if I'm ever like in a dilemma or need advice, I actually uh, reach out to Schwartzy. Uh, he's my go-to, um, Schwartzy and Randy Hoodfoot, they have been like mentors, they are, uh, to me in this business, they, uh, they look out for me a lot, and, uh, I know if I ever need someone to talk to, one of the three of them will be available to talk to.
0: I'm not going to lie. I, I have no idea. Man, Schwartzy got that gimmick over. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. No, I know.
0: It's because that's Schwartzy. Yeah. Schwartzy's like that like all the time. I love well, him to death. I, I, I love it. The first time I saw Randy, though, uh, Maddie was like, oh, that, that, that chick will beat the fuck out of somebody. And I was like... Well, yeah, she, she she's, she's not tall. She's just big the ever-loving crap. Then we were... um. Oh, it was her versus uh, Mickey Knuckles. And they kept trying to was use... Was this Ruthless Pro Wrestling? What? Yeah.
1: Was this that Ruthless Pro, like, in the middle of nowhere Michigan?
0: Uh, It was the one where they were using the the curved piece of, like, shower glass and it would not break. I think I was there for this. Yeah. I think I had my match with Schwartzy that night. i pretty sure you did. This yeah. Seems- because yeah, everybody's yelling because she's just like hitting Mickey with that fucking glass yeah. and it's just not breaking. And we're like, fuck that glass.
1: No, I, there's been times where I've been around glass. Like, that's how I got the gash on my arm. Yeah. That was a, a very unforgiving piece of glass. Now, it was tempered, but it was what the glass was from a sliding glass window. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you've ever looked at those in houses, those are really fucking thick. Like, the only way we knew it was tempered was after the match. There was a, we took it and someone dropped a hammer. Just like, pshhh. and it shattered. It broke apart
0: like tempered glass would, but it took a fucking hammer. Like, yeah, I, I remember you coming up to us at the end. You're like, look. And you had that big gash, and then later on, you, <laughs> I saw the pic, because it was all it was all bloody when we saw it, and then you showed it later. And when we got home, I'm sitting there scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and you could see it, and it was like this big, and it was wide, and I'm like, oh,
1: I it. yeah, no, it took like a full month to fully heal. Like I went and got, uh, it was uh, they did like partial sti- stitching on it. They didn't fully close it because they're like it's close to 24 hours it could get infected if we do that Mm -hmm. Uh, so they did that and then i waited i think it was like seven days i had to wait before that i had to go back and have them take it out i just cut them out and did that but i kept wrestling and uh yeah it just reopened and i was like well fuck it's not as bad as it was before
0: but now you got now you got a big scar on there. you like,
1: oh. oh yeah, no, I got a huge scar. I <laughs> I can't pull up my
0: sleeve that far. But. So have, have you, was that the worst one you've worst cut you've had? Uh, in wrestling,
1: yeah. In life, no. <laughs> uh, I have a big scar right on my forehead, actually, from when I was like a little kid. Uh, three years in a row, I. Bashed my head open. So. Yeah. That's the worst scar I have. (laughs) Very prominent. It's funny, actually. Ron Mathis, like, he's like, I see you getting out there. And, like, he's seeing photos and whatnot. And he's, like, seen me covered in blood. But he referenced this scar right here. That's from when I'm, like, one, two, and three. I'm like, Yeah
0: getting them gigs <laughs> cutting deep <laughs> there, there's nothing like fucking forehead man you cut your head that's something bleeds like a fiend no matter how bad it is I, oh i know i uh, got <laughs> there was actually a
1: match i had we did not plan for blood or anything uh it was just going to be you know a pretty fun match a little fun match it was a pound town street fight. A little pound town match. It wasn't even called a street fight. But it was basically, it's a hardcore match, but sexy. It's sexy violence. No safe words. No rules. Uh, so we're having this match, and to start it off, we we reenact this fight scene from a Cable Guy. You know what this means. We have to fight to the death. <laughs> So we do that with chairs <laughs> and I doing it. I remember the first time we smashed chairs together, my finger just, uh, which it was, the, it was this finger, just shooting pain. And I was like, Ooh, that hurt. So I moved in and we continue. We're going and uh, we're brawling on the outside. Finally, I'm on top of him. And this is after he hits me with a clipboard and it just shatters. It just, and a little blood comes down, and I'm like, oh, I'm bleeding. But then I start seeing a lot of blood, but there's not a lot of blood. Like, I don't feel a lot of blood. And I'm like, where the fuck is all this blood coming from? Like, I'm covered in blood. Jake, he's covered in blood. I'm like, he's not bleeding. And I looked down. It was my finger. I cracked open my knuckle, and it literally was like my whole skin right here was cracked open. You could look down into my knuckle, and it was just pouring blood all over the place. Like uh, I have this big trouble in little China shirt. It was white. Now it it's clearly blood stained. Like it's a brownish hue around the whole thing. And I'm like. I'll wear that for death matches. I'll just keep getting that hue. But I love death matches. They're so much fun.
0: Well, it, well you you were talking about training and stuff like that. I can't remember. There's there's one guy. Everybody's like, he's so bad. He's but he's in here and he takes bumps. And uh, I, he wrestled Pondo the night we were there, and I cannot remember who it was. Big guy. And that, that guy...
1: I think I know who you're talking about.
0: Doesn't need to be in a ring.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot of... There's a, there's a lot of people like that. And I hate to even say it, but... Even in the Deathmatch community. That's why, like, I really wanted to get down wrestling. Like, just the art of it. And, like, also... Like... Everyone should focus on their wrestling abilities before they take on like I'm a specialize in a gimmick, like a gimmick match, a death match wrestler or I do dog collar match whatever the f- fuck you do. Just know how to wrestle first. Yeah. Know how to tell a story, know know the psychology of what you're doing and why you're doing it before you just go out there and bash each other with weapons because anyone can do that. Anyone can fucking do that. And I, if you just let
0: everyone in, like, what's the point of paying? So, are you you still wrestling down in Dayton? Mm. Well, well it was closed right now, isn't it? Ah,
1: XVW. XVW. They're like under reconstruction right now. Uh, we lost the venue uh, at Odd Bodies, which sucked, and then the place we were at—I guess we lost that one too. Um, So they found a place that's in Fairborn, but I have no idea when that's going to open. Um, Right now, me and Pete, the BBC, we are the tag
0: team champs.
1: Uh, Have never defended it, though. So, you know.
0: It yeah. could, could be worse. It could be like, well, all right, we're doing a parking lot show, drag a thing out there. You're going well, to do a lot show in
1: the cold. We have access to a ring, and right now we're getting to the point where we at least want to defend it one time. So we're about to drag some fools that are like XVW sanctioned and be like, we're defending our tattles <laughs> in this ring where we cannot do vertical suplexes, nothing off the top rope we're going to wrestle
0: <laughs> but oh, be like them places up in Michigan we go we're you know like you just like touch the ceiling from the ring i was like you can't no, seriously these off the rope no well
1: i've heard that about the fairborn location that the ceilings are pretty low and that's upsetting uh right now i'm wrestling quite a bit with uh, apw they're in cincinnati more so um Ascend Pro Wrestling, but also Supreme Wrestling over in uh, Madison, Indiana. It's very, uh, it's got an old school vibe. Like the whole arena looks like something like WCW Pro from like early nineties, a studio match or something. Um, but just traveling a lot. Trying to get out there more. I know in the new year, there's a couple places I'll be working for up in Michigan. Um, same with uh, some places over in Indiana. Like, January, uh, towards the end, January 27th, I'm working um, wrestle Arts, Which, they usually, like, Jack Vaughn wrestles there, Aaron Williams, Hoodfoot, Heather Monroe, like... Some pretty notable people, some pretty cool cool people to share locker rooms with, and they have good crowds, so I'm pretty excited.
0: But yeah, oh yeah, it's <clears throat> you know you you've got your whole thing going. You you figured out the you know where to go. You got your weekends booked and stuff like that. Do you have do you have do you have a shoot job that you do during the week? <laughs>
1: I just got one.
0: Just got one. Uh,
1: yeah, no, there was a month where I did not have one. I uh impulsively uh walked out on a job because I just hated it so much. I was just like, you know what? I'd rather suffer. So, <laughs> hey. um, yeah, but I just got a job. I'm working actually just at a pizzeria right down the street from where I live. Um It's literally less than a 10-minute walk from where I live. They pay well, and uh, they're cool with me having, like, a wrestler schedule. So, yeah. Um, no, like, real career type of thing. I'm thinking about kind of uh, getting a fallback kind of thing going here soon because um, wrestling ain't going to pay the bills forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm just doing a little work here and there. Um, yeah, making pizza. I'm a, <laughs> I got in the car with a. So, right now, I'm in four different active tag teams, officially four different. It was three just the other day, but uh, now I, uh, one of my tag team partners, uh, Creed Costello, were the move makers. Um, I went to get in the car and, uh, I called him something, I called him, like, little bitch or something, and he's like, yeah, is that right, pizza boy? <laughs> and I uh, just started laughing. <laughs> I was like, yeah,
0: yeah, you got me. I'm
1: a pizza boy. Hell oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, whatever. It's good that's pizza. My, that's where you go. That's my new gimmick. I'm the pizza boy. <laughs> Extra large sausage? Would you like... Yeah, it's what you need to do. do it. To bring the pizza in at the at like crotch <laughs> yeah. level. Like, I brought you an extra large sausage. This is
1: Pound Town's pizza boy.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. That's great. Now, I
1: got I got
0: Pound Town pizza for
1: you. Pee-pee. I got some pee-pee for you. Yeah, it'd be great. I could do it. No problem.
0: You could be, be the Pound Town pizza parlor. The three... People. What? I...
1: I can do any gimmick. You you give me it, I'll make it work.
0: <laughs> have, you, have, have they ever, like, just given you, like, this, like the, the drizzling shit gimmick for a day? Like, for... No,
1: but the wildest gimmick I've ever had to do was uh, Texas Mascara. It was for A2W, and uh, they wanted me to be Leatherface. And I was like, okay, like... How do you want Leatherface that, like... And I told them my idea of Leatherface. I'm a big Leatherface fan. It's my favorite horror franchise. It's my favorite horror movie. is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one. Um, but I told them, well, Leatherface kind of has the mind of a prepubescent teenage boy who just is horny. So I was like, I'll be sexy Leatherface. <laughs> So I went, and I went and bought a Moo Moo from Walmart. I cut it up, so it was kind of like just this ratty dress-looking thing. I had an apron. They gave uh, me—it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, the mask from that. But it was a shitty, like, latex one, so we taped it. And it just uh, kept—what it kept doing is—so we cut a little hole in it, too— And it kept falling down during my... And this was a match with Randy West, by the way. Uh, (laughs) So during my match, whenever I'd hit something, I would pull my mask up and go, (laughs) This is actually when I met the guy, uh, Piss Jug Mike. And (laughs) they, they thought I was hilarious, him and his crew. And at that uh, Ruthless Crow show, I gave him a lap dance. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that was the... Pro- I have also had to work uh, at a place where they wanted me to be terrified of clowns. Like, phobia levels. Like, I see a clown, I start screaming. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And so we have... The- their champions are clowns. So we've worked with them twice or something like that. And uh, every time Pete has to calm me down to overcome my fears, but like, I get scared in the match. And like, one of the things I keep saying every time we would work is clowns are killers. Clowns are killers. Because I'm referencing John Wayne Gacy. I'm just mm-hmm. like, that that would be my fear.
0: <laughs> they're gonna, They're gonna fuck me and kill me. <laughs> they bury you in a crawl space under their house <laughs> like i don't trust them <laughs> I, I i i've said this because we used to always have the joke i was like i've never been afraid of clowns but there's something inherently wrong with clowns yeah no it's weird
1: like uh have you ever seen the movie shakes
0: yeah the the one with uh bobcat or no yeah yeah bobcat coltway yeah
1: yeah That movie, uh, my old boss, he works in kitchens. He's like Charles Bukowski if he was funny. But (laughs) he told me to watch this movie, sent it to me, made sure that I watched it. It's one of the funniest things ever. I'm like, I would love to see a movie like that, but wrestlers. Everything. It's a wrestler's
0: world. See, at one point, I, I, I wrote a script for a wrestling movie. And it was a hundred percent in K so There's no the characters are actually the characters that they portray. Yes. The and so there's no no behind the scenes stuff. And literally it was like, you know, I was making fun of like, you know, Duke the Dumpster Jerosi, the TL Hopper, because they're literally a plumber that has
1: Well, like no. so my buddy Creed Costello, his gimmick is he's the bookie sensation. He, he's, he knows the odds. He's got his little black book with all his bets. And I'm like, you know how fucking cool that is? You're a bookie that wrestles. You keep bets, but you're also... you. It's not like you're a wrestler who's a bookie. You're a bookie who's a wrestler. Like, even when you're wrestling, you're taking bets. Like... See, yeah. because that's what Duke the dumpster Dorsey was. He was a he wasn't a wrestler a dumpster man that wrestled. He was a wrestler that was a dumpster man like <laughs> that the, was his way of life.
0: Well, what would be hilarious with with the um, the bookie is like get thrown out of the ring. And, like, go up there and take bets on people around the ring before you get back Oh, that would be so good. Well, I told him
1: something akin to that is, like, so sometimes he'll – he's part of the BBC. uh, Mm -hmm. So sometimes if me and Pete are tagging and he's there, he will come and be our manager or our ringside. I was like, you should start taking bets on who's going to win. And like, this would be a fun way for fans to interact. I think because people would start betting. I yeah. definitely think. But oh,
0: be like, who's That'd going over? For- how he- you would
1: divvy up the winnings. Nah, fuck it. We'll turn heel every time and just take the winnings.
0: Yeah, it's heel, take the money, pick them up. <laughs>
1: Well, me and uh, I worked a match with Remington at Cincinnati Pride a couple months ago, November. They did a show at Rheingeist, and uh, we had this match. And they had drag performers during the show, and they encouraged tipping the wrestlers too. Mm -hmm. So after we worked our match, I was exiting, and I looked around, and I see two dollars. Someone just holding up a couple bills. I'm like, oh. And then I see more. I see more and Rim sees what I'm doing. So he starts doing it too. And we're just grabbing all this money. We walked away with a total of $86. Just just in tips. And I was like, holy fuck. I wish this was every show.
0: So, so did you make more in tips or in the match?
1: <laughs> uh, so the tip with the split out i made more from the match but if it wasn't split if we made 86 each i would have made more from the tip out
0: so i i I, i've always got to ask this have you ever had uh, uh, a like a nightmare scenario going to go wrestle somewhere oh yeah yeah oh yeah
1: There's a place, and, like, I see my friends working there now, and it seems like they're doing a little better, or what have you. I still don't like them. I hate them to death. I'm not going to say who it is, but, like, I fucking hate them. Uh, They reached out to me. They were booking two of my buddies. They saw me work at a show in Indiana. They're based in Michigan. Uh, They reached out to me, the, the booker and owner. And they're like, we want to bring you in. Uh, Here's what our budget is. Like, this is, I had just probably six, seven months in. So I didn't really have a rate, per se. And uh, I was just like, okay, cool. And they told me, they wanted me to be involved in this angle. And because it's a fair show, they're running two events. And I was going to be working this guy in the next show and, like, Yada, yada, yada. Well, I get there, and it's turned to I'm going to be in this squash match with one of the bookers, and I'm going to be in a battle royal. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I, I'm I'm annoyed, but whatever. But then what really pissed me off is, one, the squash match, he's like, you don't have to bump for anything. Well, he didn't tell the ref the finish, and then he dropped me on my head. And I was just like, fuck you, dude. And uh, later on, when we're all getting paid out, um, he paid my buddy, my two buddies. And he's like, do you got cash app?" I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, I'll get you later today. I was not paid until a week later, and I was very upset about it. I was just like, man... You know, driving to Michigan is not just like a little drive. No. So, yeah, I yeah, was man. pretty upset. That was a horrible scenario.
0: Well, uh, Ron told me about the horror story. He goes, Yeah, he goes, when he f- first started getting a deathmatch wrestling, he goes, uh, uh, He was wrestling uh, Mox, and he goes, Yeah, he goes, uh, You want to go to CZW with me and wrestle? And he's like, Yeah. And he goes, Ah, oh, some money. They get all the way over there. He does his match. And he goes out and Hyde hands him 20 bucks after he drove all the way to Jersey to wrestle and he got 20 bucks.
1: (laughs) I would have been pissed. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there's so like I've done it where I have gone on trips where I thought there would be opportunities, but there were not. And they hurt me very hard financially. I do not recommend people to do that now uh just because of my experience uh yeah don't go on trips unless you're financially sound and or have a booking
0: so you just like oh man they're wrestling over here i'm gonna go ahead and see if they'll book me for the day or anything is that what you i did? drove
1: i drove some people oh. and uh with that the possibility of working one of the shows that was happening that weekend and it just didn't work out, and I did not end up working, um, and it was just, it hurt, it drained me financially, because gas was taken care of, it was just having to eat, and I was out there for three days. So, like, food and just living cost money.
0: Yep.
1: So, sure. Yeah. That, okay. that was a shitty situation.
0: Do you have a, do you have a favorite person to wrestle?
1: Oh. Um, so I really enjoy wrestling Jacob Rose. He's a dude out of uh, Cody Hawks uh, training. Um, we're trained by the same guy, but he's been doing it for a few years longer. Um, just always have great matches with him. Um, love working with Theo Strong, he was trained by James Avery. He's out of, like, the Columbus area. But again, every time, have stellar matches with him. Um, I really enjoy working with Remington, even though it was once. Same with Schwartzy and Randy. Have I've done that one match with Randy, but also had a tag match with her. Um, DD Trash. Really enjoy working with them. But, uh... Yeah, I would say probably my favorite person to well, and Jake, Jake Shepherd. I'd say my favorite person to wrestle is probably Jacob Rose. Just I know like we will have a really good
0: wrestling match. Now, do you have somebody that you don't have to say names? Is there somebody that you hope you never get in a ring with again?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: that bad huh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah just
1: yeah. goes back to people like no matter how good you think you are you should always be training always be getting better always be working on your craft
0: <laughs> see you know there's so many people and i've seen that over the years watching indie wrestling and stuff these guys go in they got talent, but they get lazy. They get, yeah, they, complacent. they, yeah, they get place it. They're like, yeah, this, I can do it. Yeah, I can walk in. Yeah, I was a
1: victim of it. I literally, so I lost. I lost half my body weight when I got into wrestling. I was three hundred pounds. I dropped down to one seventy. Like, and I was at. I was in great shape. I was doing well, and then. I don't know what it was, but this past year, I just put on, like, a good amount of weight, and I'm upset about it. I mean, I can still wrestle. Like, I go to training, and then, what was it? So, like, I guess right now, the people coaching me, like, when I do go to training are Ryan Michaels and Aaron Williams. And uh, I was there one day, like, a week or two ago. It was me and probably five other people. But we all do our warm-ups, and then we all do a little chaining and some drills, and everyone's just totally blown. And I'm just, like, up, standing in the corner, just, yeah, let's go! Because, like, I mean, you can be fit and everything, have a six-pack, but that doesn't mean, like, you're wrestling fit. Yeah. Like, because it's all about working. Can you work stop rushing
0: look look at some of the best wrestlers in the that from back in the day they were not jacked guys they were not no yeah. you know you know even though you got I mean, like my
1: favorite was mick foley and he looked like the dad that like everyone said my dad can kick your ass he was that dad
0: yeah it, it's kind of crazy because um you talk about losing all that weight um I when I was getting I just noticed one day I was like man I'm getting fucking heavy and I'm closing in on like 250 pounds and I'm like I can't do this I couldn't keep up with my kid I'm out. I'm fucking winded doing everything so I started working out and eating better yeah. and now I'm like I fluctuate between 165 and 170 now and, yeah. and now I I, yeah I go to the gym three days a week I eat better it's crazy.
1: Hey, it's wild what little differences will do. Like, and it's literally just changing your lifestyle and eating better. Like, wrestling helped a lot with that because there was, like, a goal. But I got complacent. And now, like, I go to training about two times a week. I work out probably... I'm going to say three to five times a week because there are time to- I rely on my... uh tag team partner, Creed, for rides uh, because my car was repossessed recently. So, yeah. That sucks, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm Sorry. still trying to stay fit. There
0: you go. When it, now you can really stay fit. Getting can get a new car, you can walk or bike everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. The closest plant fitness is probably like an hour walk from me. it
0: would be about 40 minutes if i walked from my house to the nearest planet <laughs> <laughs> i have to th- i have to think i'm like if i go this way and i can yeah i could be there in like no time but uh and, and people give planet fitness shit but you know what i got healthy no. at planet fitness
1: <laughs> yeah no it's a cheap way of staying fit okay yeah no i'm not trying to do extreme deadlifts of a thousand pounds like that isn't that isn't my goal. Like uh everyone is operating on different levels. Yeah. So like everyone has different goals. Like you'll talk to some vets in the business where they just want to have consistent bookings within their area. When then you'll talk to people that are younger in the business and they're like, I want to travel and I'm willing to do anything. I don't I don't care about the payday. And it's just because they're on different levels. They're going to get to an age where they're like, "Yo, I'm not traveling to bump fuck wherever," and they're paying me twenty bucks flat. Like, no, because I know within my area I can make quadruple that and not have to drive over two hours.
0: Do you, so, do, you do you like having like a consistent? Like, place like when you were at XVW was like every Tuesday.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I do like having a place that I can rely on for bookings, but I love traveling because I mean, like, that's how you, from what I've seen and like even experience, a lot of my bigger opportunities have come from traveling, Um, just getting out there and being seen. Um, even before you are actually working shows, like, I tell all the trainees, like, you should be hopping in, because that's what I did. Like, that's how I met John Wayne Murdoch. That's how I met Jake Chris. That's how I met Nick Manwa. It was because, uh, Pompano Joe, I would hop in the car with him all the time, and sometimes I would even drive him. Uh, not sometimes often i would drive papa no joe to iwa shows when he would be working there and ian rotten knew who i was he he called me boston joe that's where i got my first payday because of i forget his name but he has big uh big motherfucker and has glasses and did clean up all the time um But he gave me my first payday ever in wrestling for helping clean up at one of their, like, super heavy deathmatch shows. But getting out there and just, like, traveling and making connections that way. Like Zach Thomas of uh, Midwest Scum. When he saw me, like, in gear for a show, he came up and shoved me. He's like, I didn't know you were a worker, motherfucker. (laughs) Well, <laughs> he's like, why didn't you say anything? I was like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't working. I was just traveling. But I encourage anyone and everyone, if they're in the business, get out there, travel. Like, if you want to make it a living, if you want to, like, try and have any, like, little amount of success, it'll be through traveling and working. Like, you're not going to make your money usually just working your home state, not until you've been working there a while and have proved your worth because, like, guys like Pompano Joe or um, Ryan Michaels, Matt Taylor, guys like that, they can stay within Ohio because they have been doing this for such a while and at such a high degree that they can make the amount of money that some of us need to travel out of state to make, they can make it in state because they've established themselves.
0: Yeah. Well, you talk about Pompano Joe. It's it's funny because you were talking about bad dudes earlier. Um, Jeremiah, and I don't know him. I don't know him. I've never, like, sat down and talked. I've talked to so many of the other guys from back in the day. Hello, Jeremiah. I, he had such nuclear heat when he was at Rockstar, everybody hated Hello. him. And I was like, you know, first part about it is he could legit be one of the nicest guys ever. And you would just be like, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Jeremiah, I love him to death. And I love watching those old rockstar tapes because I'm like, they fucking hated you.
0: Dude, they, they
1: he's so good at getting heat. Because like he just knows how to talk and really push buttons. And, like, really get under the skin of people. And, like, him... So, Pompano Joe... Like, Cody Hawk is who trained me. Pompano Joe is who, like, helped train me, though. Like, I credit him with training me just as much as Cody does. Like, he's the reason why I think I can roll around and actually wrestle. It's because of him. He's the man that made me think that. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah. I I love the bad dudes. I love Jeremiah. I love Pompano Joe. Uh, Brian Barton is one of the greatest refs out there. Uh, I'm a huge Psycho Sam guy. Um, Psycho Sam Cody, I think, is one of the greatest workers of all time. And should be as hailed as such. So.
0: Well, it, it's, it's such I would say shame, but There's so much good talent coming out of this area, out of Ohio. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because the fact is there's so much good talent that I think that it's really hard to distinguish how good they are if they're all really good.
1: Well, so, like, there is, like, have you heard of NWF wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. So, I love them to death.
0: Is what but, but what they
1: need to do is they need to post their shows. They need to stream them. Something. Because they have phenomenal wrestling. Like, they're wrestlers, storytelling. They kill it. And, like, the, the big downfall is no one's seeing it unless you're going to the show. They have killer shows, too. Like, it's not like just a couple people showing up, like they have good turnouts.
0: Went to one and it's been it's been a long, long time. Um oh geez. There I don't even know if this guy still he he comes out in like the 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 um gladiator helmet from gladiator, the Maximus's helmet. Oh, Titan. Yeah, he wrestled. I I remember him wrestling. I couldn't tell you the rest of the card, but I remember him. He stuck out because of the Gladiator helmet.
1: You know Jack Vaughn, right? Which one? Jack Vaughn. Have you heard of him? He does all the TikToks? No. Has the mustache?
0: Don't think so. Maybe. Okay.
1: Well, he, he originally wrestled at NWF out of there, but his name was Muldoon. Abyss is from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's uh, Carl Anderson. Who um, uh, uh, The guy who's kind of making waves right now is Jordan Clearwater, out of the NWA. He he looks like a Ken doll, <laughs> like just looks like an action figure or something, GI Joe or some kind of manufactured human being. <laughs>
0: There, there, there's certain guys that that don't look. They're, they're either a too jacked and they you, you know they can't wrestle for shit because they're too big, or you, <laughs> or, you, or you get the guys who are are ripped and they don't look human.
1: They, they, Have you um seen Dalton uh, McKenzie? Maybe the name. He's sounds- a newer wrestler, but uh, he's he's really good. But he is unbelievably jacked like rivals like uh, ultimate warrior or lex luger from back in the day but he can wrestle he's a great wrestler and really funny guy i wrestled a match with him and he put went over to like be a heel be a dick and try and stick his gum on me but i just ate it because i'm the queer billy you don't you don't know pound town and then I got in the ring and I got him in a headlock and I went to put it in his mouth and he's like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) So he moves and it gets in his hair. (laughs) And after the match, he's like, there's fucking gum in my hair. I'm like, that's what you get for squirming." that was a really just funny, stupid, funny match. (laughs) The end of the match was, uh, I was in a sleeper, and what woke me up was the smells, the tantalizing smells of uh, this wood-fire pizza from this wood-fire pizza truck at the show. <laughs> and Creed, there's a great photo where you just see my hand reaching out for it, and you see the pizza on the wood paddle in frame. It's like something out of, like, like a God and whatever Yeah, it it looked just like that. And I power up, hit Carson Drake with a jawbreaker, make the hot tag to Pete. I powder, and I'm just like, oh my god, where'd this pizza come from? (laughs) This is, forget the match. And Pete gets fucked. And then I go into the ring, and Pete's like, what the hell? We lost. And I'm like, but we didn't we got pizza and like yeah it was a big big goofy time it was a silly goofy but a lot of fun uh,
0: so do you do you have uh i, I know you're relatively young 30 31
1: i'm 30. 30 almost
0: 31 okay.
1: you, were, you
0: were you were slightly younger than my oldest kid uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes cuz i'm old as fuck now oh. Uh, I I, I turned 50 in June next year so I'm getting old
1: Um, no I feel it and my partner reminds me all the time just he'll be like you're 30 you're old and I'm like yeah well go fuck yourself
0: (laughs) as I tell people they tell me I'm old I'm like yeah but I lived through more shit than you lived through in your entire life
1: yeah I've experienced life I've leveled up <laughs> I'm on a different level. You see, you're here.
0: I'm here. I have a guy comes in. We talk wrestling at the, at the shop, and I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Give me shit. And he goes, You know, I was like, Dude, I've been to WCW, I've been to ECW, I've been to WWF and WWE. Been Impact and TNA. I've been it's like, I saw this shit when it was good the first time. <laughs> I've seen it. This just repeats. I met Andre the Giant. No. Oh, but, wow. Holy fuck. Uh, yeah. Little kid. I mean, when I was a kid. I, I was 12, I think. And it was Hair Arena. And he was like meeting kids. That's the only people he'd meet because well, he didn't the adults who were you know, weird and would always take pictures. Yeah. So little kids were friendly and stuff. And um uh, I walked around there he was beating the kids and I'm like I walked up to him and he's like oh, man. And he my head and I'm like Jesus Christ, giant, giant. It's it's like it's like grabbing a toddler's head is what he yeah. did with my head. And I have a I've I've always had a big head, even when I was a kid, I had a big fucking melon. And yeah. he's like, oh. I'm like um Jesus. and uh the other one is uh I've uh um I bought. I went to go buy Ric Flair drinks at a strip bar. Oh hell yeah! And Ric Flair's like, no, you don't buy Ric Flair drinks. Ric Flair buys you drinks, and, and it was That's after sick. a WCW house show because the strip bar was only like a like a mile away from the uh, hair arena, and we went there. So yeah, oh yeah. But um, so um, I got asked, what's what's the end game? for gg oof ah uh,
1: really my biggest goal is well like the overall goal is i just want to be able to like live off of it so like i'm not necessarily looking to be on tv i just want to have the the opportunities and the bookings that will Like, if I can go work a weekend and I don't care if it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm working and I'm traveling. If I can walk away where the profit from it is able to cover my rent, my bills, and that's just the first weekend. Like, hell yeah. That's like, that's living the dream for me. Um, Big crazy dream would be able do death matches in Japan. Like next,
0: next yeah, but you're answering. <laughs> I uh
1: really want to do death matches in Japan. Um I I I just love death matches and I think, you know, really give me the opportunity to go nuts and it'll be a whole different thing.
0: <laughs> so, um you, you, you can ignore this uh, if you want. Uh, how did you, you... You got a partner now, right? Your relationship.
1: Oh, yeah. No. Yes.
0: Um, How was that with the wrestling?
1: So, I started dating him uh, literally right before I debuted. So, he's been with me the whole time that I've been doing this. Um, he is not a fan of wrestling, but he doesn't hate it. Like, he just... It, doesn't fully interest him but what does and what does capture his attention is deathmatch wrestling uh i took him to one of the shows live and this was before i was wrestling i was just helping out and uh it was ruthless pro wrestling up in michigan and it was randy west versus remington roar and this match using cactus and he's like i just remember seeing that i like what the fuck is this and he came to uh, the Cincinnati Pride show and brought one of his friends. And, like, his friend had never watched wrestling. But they watched the show, and they're like, it was a lot of fun. And I'm like, yeah, wrestling's a lot of fun. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Uh, he he knows. He's supportive of my passion. Um, But, yeah, he's... He doesn't have a favorite wrestler. If he were to pick a favorite wrestler, I think I pressured him once and he said Randy West. So <laughs> and I was like, Well, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, Randy. Right. Well, <laughs>
1: yeah. So fuck out of people's mind. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you know, other people are saying Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. My boyfriend says Randy West.
0: I'm weird. Mine's always been Arn Anderson. I fucking love it. Yeah,
1: that's him. a good one though. That's a good one. My favorite wrestler to never win the big one was William Regal. It is William Regal. Holy shit, he's never did dude. I
0: thought he had the...
1: Not even ECW.
0: for a minute.
1: Yeah. He made the television title seem like the heavyweight title when he was in WCW. He made that title important. Any title he ever had, he made feel important. Even the European title.
0: Oh, yeah. That was a like, great
1: run. William Regal's one of the greatest of all time. If I made him out Rushmore, he would be
0: on it. Okay. Well, I think his problem was, was uh, even him, he admits it. He goes, if I'd have been clean and sober, he goes, I would have been a champ.
1: Yeah? Yeah? yeah. I mean, Yeah. he says that, but then you look at Ric
0: Flair. Some people are better functioning. I mean, I, I tell people I was a I was a fucking alcoholic for years, and there's people who's like no way you were I was like dude, I was a very high functioning alcoholic man. I went to work every day. I didn't right. miss shit. I was you know, and some people can do that. And there are some people. I'm not that
1: gonna lie. I'm a bit of a party monster, but I watched the dark side of the ring on uh, Matt Bourne. And I'm a big Doink fan. I'm a big Matt Bourne fan. I love Portland Wrestling. Like, some of the storylines they told are, like, some of the most, like, wild (laughs) storylines. But uh, I watched that, and I was like, holy fuck. No one should live like Matt Bourne. So, yeah. It's a very cautionary tale. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, I I I got to ask the last big question. Dream match. Oh, who would you love to wrestle?
1: Um, right now, who would I? Absolutely. Well, like, oh, just like. I don't know the the way I'm looking at it. Viewing it, is like, who do I think I would have the best match with? Um, you know, honestly, John Moxley. Uh, Just because me and him share a trainer. Uh, We were both trained by uh, Cody Hawk. But a more realistic one um, would be Casanova Valentine, Um, Hoodfoot, Um, Alec Price, Um, because I've met him like genuinely in a parking lot, uh, and shared a joint, and it was, I was like, this guy's cool. Uh, Dale Patricks, I mean, there's a lot of matches I really want that I would really, really want to have. Uh, like I had recently a match with Josh Crane, and that, like, I've always been a fan of independent wrestling, and because like I waited until I was older. I've been watching Josh Crane, so when I had that match, I was like, "Holy fuck, this is wild!" Uh, the fact that I roll like tonight after this, I'm going to go up to Hamilton and roll around with Aaron Williams. I consider Aaron Williams a good friend, and like that blows my mind. Like uh, Casanova Valentine, I'd befriended before I even got into wrestling. Um, same with Hoodfoot. Um I would love to have a match with Necro Butcher. That's a dream match.
0: the current Necro I'll butcher. throw
1: fucking hands I'll throw hands the mega the mega butcher. butcher yeah no I I will be the queer Billy of Poundtown USA he can be the mega butcher and I will wear my red white and blue fucking overalls and at some point I'm gonna strip them off and be queer as fuck. Be like fucking. Let's throw hands. I know I'm a fucking tiny human being compared to you, but I love you. Like like, I love Necro.
0: The first time I met Necro, he's I didn't realize who he was, and Maddie was like, "Fuck that's Necro." I'm like, "What?" He's (laughs) no hair. He had the big fucking handlebar mustache going on. He was in a suit, and he was um. the producer for a rock star slash impact show. Okay, yeah, and no, he like, has an
1: incredible mind for the business. Yeah,
0: and uh, it's Madman
1: like- Pondo is another dream match for me. I've always been a fan of Madman Pondo. Actually, uh, I brought up because uh, I recently had a picture with Shadow WX, and uh, Madman Pondo was the one he. Like, I shook his hand, and I waited till he was, like, all situated. Because I was just, I don't like bothering people in wrestling that I like. It's just, like, I'm like, no, no, that's not professional. <laughs> so, but then I was like, all right, hey, nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. Glad to have you in the locker room. Share a locker room. And as I'm walking away, Pondo's like, hey, you want a picture? I'm like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> And so, like, it's fun because I got this really awesome picture with this deathmatch legend taken by another deathmatch legend. And I've just always, uh, ever since I was a kid, my introduction to Madman Pondo was Backyard Wrestling, the video game. And when I told my sister about how he took the picture, she's like, wait, Madman Pondo from Backyard Wrestling? And I was like, yes, the Madman Pondo from Backyard Wrestling. It just, it popped me so hard. But I would love to have a match with him.
0: So, um, I guess I shouldn't have said the next question. I got, I got, um, this could be, I guess, the last question, kind of. Um, any advice for people wanting to get into wrestling? Uh, do it. If you want
1: to do it, do it. Uh, It's hard. Be ready for that. Uh, It's shady. The business can be very shady. It will make you very upset at times. But just commit to everything that you do in it. Um, Literally, your first day, you're going to suck. You're just going to be drizzling shits. But the more you stick with it, the better you're going to get. And who knows? They can be a natural or they could just not be. But it's something that anyone can learn. Like uh, wrestling is for anybody, but it is not for everybody. I I like to put it that way because there is definitely because of like how shady the business can be, honestly. Uh, sometimes, you know, like, you gotta be able to take a punch. Like, I, like, was in a match and a kid clocked me straight across the jaw. Fucking walloped me. I did not murder him. No. (laughs) We still rocked and rolled. But, like, you just have to have a cool head. You gotta have thick skin. Uh, be able to commit. You know, if you can't do a front roll, doesn't mean you can't be a wrestler. Um, but yeah, just commit. Just commit. Shit or get off the pot.
0: There you go.
1: Literally, so, Brian Barton yelled that at me on the way back from an IWA show. He's like, You just got to fucking commit, George. Oh, Gigi. My name's Gigi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shit or get off it, the pot. <laughs>
1: Uh, and, and now a lot of times like if people are having trouble with something or even myself, that will ring in my head and I'll yell,
0: Shutter, get off the pot. I've said that for completely inappropriate and wrong reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it wasn't a guy shitting on getting off the pot. It was a fucking annoying dude that talking a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so all right where can people find gg jacobs at online? Uh,
1: twitter instagram facebook literally gg jacobs it's like at gg jacobs 69 i also have a youtube gg jacobs 69 uh there's a bosom buddies youtube there's a bosom buddies uh twitter there's a bosom buddies instagram which is kind of uh it covers all tag teams underneath the Bosom Buddy umbrella. The Bosom Buddy Connection is a open tag partnership, so there are many tag teams within the Bosom Buddy Connection, um, like I'm in four currently active <laughs> tag teams. Uh, so, but yeah, GG uh, Jacobs at GG Jacobs69. I also have a Brainbuster Tease account. Um, with tons of merch. Yeah. So yeah. Really? You can find me anywhere and everywhere.
0: Cool. Well, I greatly appreciate you coming on here and hanging out and uh love to have you again. And we might yeah. have like, a wrestling episode where we bring in a bunch of wrestlers and talk war stories and shit like that.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome.
0: But uh um before I go, I'm going to shut this down and we'll go off record here in a second and you know, I'll ask you a couple questions, but um, that's it. Um, Thank you for coming by. It's been a blast. I can't wait to see you again in person, because you're a fun, fun person, and you're awesome, and I can't (laughs) wait to hang out with you again. So And and Maddie will probably be with me next time. I was hoping to go to wrestling up in Michigan next week, week after next, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So, maybe. It could happen. I don't know.
1: Y'all should come to Wrestle Arts on January twenty
0: seventh. Where's that In one at? Indiana- Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay.
1: So, but it's at the Irving Theater, and it's going to be a kick ass show. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to
0: end this here.